dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going i would love it if you would step right up and see the amazing nostalgia goggles what what is it about being a carnival barker that ha- makes you have to throw your voice into your nose like you just have to i okay um I can actually answer that question. Do you just want to leave it at a rhetorical question or do you actually want to know the answer? After show. You've got to pay for that. You've got to pay for that kind of knowledge. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, Here, I'm going to take a note. Carnival Barker. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, The story is weird, but it is interesting. Um, So, uh, yeah, we played Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 PC game. Which, uh, did, did you happen to look at the year that this came out? No. 2002. Just made it. We just, if we had played this in December, it would have been it would, no <laughs> good. But we just made it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read directly from the, the Wikipedia uh, for the summary of this game. Because I, I just think this is so delightfully useless. But here, here's their summary of the game. Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 is a construction and management simulation game developed by Chris Sawyer. That's their whole like description of what the game is. And then later in the gameplay, like section of the Wikipedia article, then they go on to explain that you manage an amusement park and you have to complete various goals to complete the larger scenarios. And you try to attract people with different kinds of rides and stuff. And like, then they go on and actually explain what the game is, but a construction and management simulation game developed by Chris Sawyer is, I mean, it's succinct. It's not wrong, but I feel like the game has a lot going on. I feel like that that you're right. It's not wrong. That would be like saying, you know, Portal, a first person shooter where you solve puzzles at the end of a gun. You know, <laughs> yeah, not wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's like I, I mean, yes, but I feel like that something's that something. As Data would say, there's there'd be a certain quality that's lost in that translation. Yeah, and and another thing that made me realize that as an adult, I now have a deeper appreciation for like money coming in and money going out that I didn't have when I first played this game as a teenager uh, is another thing that they include in the description later is the player must simultaneously balance the park's expenses and income like, well, duh, it's a business simulator. Wait, no, that's not actually, (laughs) that would not necessarily be obvious to everybody. So, okay. Yes, that's fair. Again, not wrong. Yeah. He's like, look, I'm running a business here, not a charity. Okay. (laughs) And, And I will say that there, there were, there were definitely, (laughs) <laughs> a a number of areas that I ha- having run a business where I was like, well, that's not how that would work. But <laughs> did did you play the scenario where you just have unlimited money? <laughs> no, no, that that's amazing. Um, that, that's that's like playing on a, a a real estate investor inheritance mode. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's like if you could activate the infinite money glitch in SimCity by just starting to play SimCity. <laughs> but no there were there were definitely we'll, we'll get into mechanics but there were definitely some places where i went whilst playing the game i was like you're, you're telling me to get this critical thing that i absolutely have to have it's dirt cheap but this luxury thing that i don't need is way more expensive what why would i n- no park ever would have this thing <laughs> yeah yeah 
what do you mean you're making $3 profit on a $4 t-shirt? How are these t-shirts being made? Yeah. Well, yeah. um, anyways, <laughs> what is your nostalgia experience for this game? Dude, I played the mess out of this game. I played this game so much. And the thing about this game is I realized uh, this game is one of the terrible twos where I played the sequel way more than I played the original, right? Like I played Masters of Orion, but I played Master of Orion 2 way more, right? Like I played Diablo, but I played Diablo 2 way more, right? There's just, I played Sonic, but I played Sonic 2 way more. There's just some games where the sequel becomes like the definitive one for some people. This game actually has an interesting backstory because Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 is actually basically just Roller Coaster Tycoon 1. It's just that for some insane reason, he developed the entire game directly in assembly, which for anyone in our non-technical audience basically means it's like he wrote a book by hand chiseling it into stone, right? Like (laughs) instead of writing it and then having a machine chisel it into stone and then selling the tablets, he was like, no, I'll just chisel it directly by smashing my face right into the rocks. And I mean, God bless him because it's the game is surprisingly stable like as a piece of software for someone who hand wrote it by themselves in assembly roller coaster tycoon 2 is basically the same thing as roller coaster tycoon it's just it's written in more modern languages it's been like stabilized and i think he had that's when he started to get like partnerships with six flags and stuff because it was it had taken off by then but this game in a lot of important mechanical ways is actually not really dissimilar from the first game, but because that's where all the DLC was and that's where all the marketing and advertising was, it makes sense that for a lot of people, this game probably was the roller coaster tycoon, right? It's, it's not because it's better than the first one. It's because it's better than the first one in like imperceptible sort of behind the curtain ways, which I think is interesting because like Diablo one and Diablo two, totally different games, Sonic one and Sonic two, totally different games, right? Like just massive improvements that are super obvious to the player. Um, I didn't know any of that when I was a kid. I just really like playing it. <laughs> um, so for me, this is actually closing up a blind spot for me because I did not play this as a kid, um, but you couldn't. Yes, but you could not get away from <laughs> knowing about it. So I may have played it in passing like once or twice like at a friend's house or something like that but if i remember correctly um you know my my mom worked for ibm and she she had some some powerful computers that were work computers you know um and i didn't really have i was i was a console kid you know i didn't really have you know too many computers that i could just play this type of game on so uh so no i i never actually played it but i I always knew they're like oh yeah you got to create the, the the way I have been able to have conversations with people about this is because um, it's 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 The Sims, you know. So like it scratches the same itch, you know. Um, it's it's a complex. It, it, it what was it a complex? It, it it is a construction and management simulation game. Yeah, that's that's basically <laughs> this, yeah. right? You yeah. know, it's it's, it's it's The Sims. It's Sim Ant. It's Sim Planet. It's all that. Any of those. So I mean. So when they were like, oh, yeah, you've got to, you know, like, like, obviously you create roller coasters to kill people. And it's like, yeah. And, and you create death traps for your Sims. I mean, you know, yes. the We've first all thing taken you do the is, ladder out of the pool or made an entire room of stoves. Yeah. Or <laughs> or for whatever reason, done the thing where if you tell the Sim to put a plate down, they can't get around it. So <laughs> they've now them. trapped them with a series of dirty dishes. <laughs> <laughs> They're just crying because they don't know what to do. 
It's like, God, there's six. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so I never actually played it. Um, so, so for me, it, it'll be interesting as we go through this, because I'm sure that you reached a, a depth of uh, analysis on this that I wasn't able to scratch the surface of because I had to learn all of it, you know? Um, Megan played the Everloving Mess out of this game, which was super helpful because she was sitting right beside me as I played it and saying, you need to do thing A, don't do thing B. And I just, I would have been awash on an island without that, so. Oh, see, I, I love that because this game was popular. I mean, it's actually still incredibly popular, but it was originally popular at a time in history when most people owned a computer if they owned any computers. And so that is closer to the authentic experience, right? Is this is a single player <laughs> game that is absolutely meant for one person to just sit there and like methodically go through the scenarios and try different things and use the track builder and whatever. But their their friend, their cousin, their sibling or whatever is like over their shoulder being like, no, don't do that. Do this. Right. And that like yeah. it becomes a two player game because you're like joint making decisions. So in a way, you you know, by her having played the mess out of it, you got that like time machine experience. Yeah, no, it it definitely is a game that teaches collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it that way, stupid. No, come on. But, but you know, I mean, in the same way that, and I've said this a million times, I think that being, if, if you want to train somebody at a young age to be a manager, make them a DM in D&D. That's all you got to do because every single skill you need is mimicked there, right? So I think that that, you know, if you want to teach collaboration, you you have two people play a game like this because it's it's like well this person's driving so even if you know more about it if you harangue them within an inch of their life they'll probably just do the other thing to spite you mm -hmm. you know so yeah. that's probably not the way to go yeah which is a good lesson for any managers out there that if yep. you harass your employees enough they will screw up just because they hate you <laughs> oh yeah no <laughs> absolutely the same way that if you if you're mean enough to your players they will try to derail your adventure and when they say when you say i've got this amazing campaign built out in the city of water deep with all of these water davian characters and then one of them says get let's go boating i set the building on fire and then go yeah. boating <laughs> gotta get to the water my clothes are hot um let's see we gotta show a little bit um yep, yep. If, if you like what we're doing and you uh, enjoy the show welcome if it's your first time here if not hi welcome back uh you can Give us feedback by reaching out on Twitter. We have a feedback form on the website. These things are listed in the show notes. Um, we are both on the Twitters. Um, I actually played a bunch of this on Twitch, which was fun because I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy that kind of like make every game a social game, like just hear other people's experiences and watch people, you know, remorse and rejoice when things go, you know, poorly or well. Uh, so you can watch me do that as well. Links also in the show notes. Um, if you want to do something to help us out, uh, the easiest thing is to give us a rating or a review on iTunes. Uh, and if you can't be bothered to use iTunes, which I wouldn't be able to blame you for because Apple Podcasts kind of sucks, uh, you just tell somebody personal recommendations always carry a tremendous amount of weight. If you want to go crazy and actually give us money, we have a Patreon. And if you give us any level of support, then you get the after show that George was talking about way back there at the beginning. And uh, apparently on today's after show, at least one of the subjects will be why carnival barkers sound that way. Um, the prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and you can find out why for 
the low, low price of just looking it up on Google, or you can give us a dollar and then find out and other crap we talk about. Um, if you go super crazy on Patreon and give us lots of money, then we'll actually shout you out on the show. So with that, we need to thank first our 8-bit classics, Yarno, a rider of a chairlift, Jason, the driver of a racing car, John, the purveyor of a beautiful but a little haunted house, and Kevin, the king of the observation tower, and our 16-bit heroes, Jacob, screamer on an inverted coaster train, and Michael, driver of a spinning car, and our full 3D supporter, David. The miner on a mine train coaster. Those were all those were all pleasant. Like yeah. no, nobody nobody really got shafted, nobody really got rewarded. It was like those were all nice and even. So, okay, just full disclosure, always want to be transparent. Did you when you started saying shield, did you see my eyes go wide for a minute there? Oh, you had to you were doing that live. You were doing that in real time. Yeah, yeah. 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 The minute you said <laughs> let's chill, I suddenly had a panic attack where I was, oh my God, I didn't do the names. Not even a little. So in the time that you said that, I had to think of what the structure I was going to use was. <laughs> Google it, bring it up, and then start to pick it out by 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 hand. So uh, uh, no, I see, and that's that is the <laughs> level of uh, dedication we bring to every single episode of Nostalgic Huggles. Sometimes you prepare right before we start recording. Sometimes you prepare while we are recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because sometimes I'll come up with it days beforehand and like have it all prepared and ready to go, you know. So it's it it really is the, you know, a lot of times there there there's some high rolls or some low rolls. Sometimes there are twenties and sometimes there are ones. <laughs> and this is what a one looks like. Well, or this is this is how you know you're not a like a, a both artist because you could be saying like, oh well, you can't control when inspiration strikes like the muse just <laughs> arrives when she pleases i just i just yeah no completely missed it uh, that's okay <laughs> um you know but the nice thing was that when, when i was in the process of of you know desperately trying to fumble through this like i said my eyes went wide as dish plates right you know <laughs> which was a great visual cue as to my mental state which leads us to visuals um <laughs> this game does uh, I, I believe the correct term for this is isometric. Um, I've mm-hmm. I've seen people argue about that term, but I'm pretty sure this is the correct camera angle for isometric. Uh, the thing that that limits you to is it is not a free roaming isometric camera. It is a fixed isometric camera. So you are either looking from, say, the north or the east, or the west, or the south, right? It, it doesn't even, it doesn't spin the map, right? Like, you press rotate, and it instantly rotates 90 degrees. Right. So, anytime you are looking at the world, you are seeing it in that view, which, for me, almost always was fine. And then when it wasn't, there was just nothing I could do about it. I was just completely like, I guess I'm going to remove this thing, or... I'll try to use the like make scenery or make rides invisible features and like try to piece together where I'm trying to make this thing go. And and there are some features like you can have a uh, height markers like on the land and on the pathways so that it, you can try and line up like a long pathway bridge or whatever, but it, it's when it, when you run out of tools, sometimes you just have to guess and you're like, okay, I'll just try and build it. No, whoops. That wasn't what I meant to do to destroy, 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 and then try again. And that's, that that didn't age well dude free free no. roaming canva cameras are 
a mighty gift. Well, and and to your point too is that when you zoom, you zoom in in stages too, right? Like it didn't seem, from what I could tell, that there was a uh, spectrum of zoom. It was very yeah. digital, not yeah. analog. Yeah, no, it it, it ain't smooth. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and and definitely there was a a time, literally, while Megan and I, I were playing, where I built built a ride and could not, for the life of me, get because I rotated the camera, but there were still trees in the way. So I was like, fine, I'll demolish these trees. But they were like, well, you don't own this property. So even though you've rotated the camera, the trees are still in the ways way. And I just said, uh, this ride was $500. I'm going to scrap it and build it somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, because I, <laughs> I like, I, I did the quick crunch in my head and I was like, the time I am spending screwing around with this I is eclipsing the amount of money that I have spent on the ride. I am just going to build this ride somewhere else. And especially because, and this is more of a mechanics note, I, I couldn't really get a, a feel for, it, is there an optimum location for certain things? I'm sure that there is, but since I, I don't know what that is, all of this is the same. So not only is the view, can the view be bad, it can be game-breakingly bad because literally you can't always play the game. Um, I will say that uh, visuals for the sake of visuals, um, just to kind of get this out, the game's very, very colorful. You know, it's very, it's cute. Uh, very cartoony. Yeah, it, it's very bright, vibrant colors. And this isn't because this was a computer game. This is not a situation where there where we can say, well, you know, the NES had a limited color palette or <laughs> SNES had a limited color palette. It's it's like, man, they I, I don't know how many colors they had, but I'm assuming all that they had. All oh, of the but by this time in history, yes, th- this is a. In terms of like, oh, is the color palette limited? No, yeah, <laughs> that not not here. They, they they have all of the colors you've seen and some new ones too that you have not. <laughs> you you got to get that 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 fourth set of cones or rods cones. It, yeah, I don't know, but we'll tell you in the after show. In the after show, <laughs> uh, so- <laughs> we won't. We're not going to talk about rods and cones in the after show. <laughs> no, they didn't need to know. Um, <laughs> But not only that, the the thing that really kind of floored me for anime uh, 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 visuals for the sake of visuals is uh, the sheer volume of visual assets there are in this game. You know, there is so much stuff. Not only are there a billion different roller coasters, all of which can be customized. So that literally means there's now an infinite number of roller coasters. Um, But just the the lovingly handcrafted animations they did for every little individual human. So not only do not every single guest, I assume, but most of the guests look different. So they're not all just, you know, clones pulled out of their clone sleeve. Right. It, it's, a, it's a lot of um, they do it with colors, mostly of their clothes and, and like their facial expressions. I, I think they're the same character model, but you get enough variety that even even though they are the same kind of vague character model, you're seeing them small enough and with the bright colors being different enough that it makes them all feel unique. Right. Um, and not only that, the the different people, like the entertainer and the security guard and, 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 and they're, they're all very different. Um, they have animations for them being sick. They have animations for them vomiting. They have animations for vomit. They have, because uh, <laughs> that's a key part of this game. Uh, but they also have like, them carrying a balloon if you open up a balloon stand they have them eating they have all of these different things that they do and but to me the thing that really floored me as far as the lovingly handcrafted animations for this is that when you pick one of them up to put them somewhere else they have an animation 
yes. of you like grabbing them by their scruff and yes, then and, kind of and like, they're dangling kind of lifelessly. Yeah. 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 I, I was like, that's that to me was was what clinched it for for visuals for the sake of visuals and really kind of making you feel that you were I I, I don't know immersed in the park because it, it's it's a weird feeling because you're not actually managing because then if you wanted someone to go somewhere there'd be an animation of you calling them and saying hey go clean up this vomit but yeah it was it was just i, I don't know it was very well, well, very and, well done and to your point everyone who lives in the universe they do stuff like that right so if you happen to be looking at one of your engineers when a ride breaks down and they're the one who's responding they do take out a little radio and they kind of nod their head and they have a little conversation and then they walk over to the ride and then they fix the ride. And and I think what is happening here is that the you can only zoom in so much, right? Like the level of zoom is not close. Like you are always at, I mean, what would you say? Like several hundred meters away, like you're high in the sky. Um, yeah, you, you you are definitely at the grandpa looking at the w- out the window with cataracts. Like yeah. everyone, <laughs> they all look like ants. Yes, grandpa, we haven't taken off yet. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, terrifyingly approaching for some of us. Yes. Um, so, so you never see like, oh well, you know, this is Jim, and Jim has a funny little mole right there on his cheek, and we all used to tease him and call him Marilyn. Ha ha ha! Right, like. It's it's not that it's all the uniqueness and life is done through animation, right? Through little body motions, through big body motions, right? Through even little animations in the world, like the way the merry-go-round, you know, accelerates and decelerates, the way the the Ferris wheel accelerates and decelerates, so like you know when a ride is starting or stopping. On the roller coasters, you can see the like shoulder harness go up and down or like the lap bars go up and down and I mean you're hundreds of feet if not hundreds of meters in the air so the fact that just that little shift in color makes your brain go oh the the lap belt just went down it's like no no one brown pixel moved to the neighboring (laughs) pixel but it's just crafted in such a way and the animation is done so i want to say like expertly like it's done so Mm -hmm. thoughtfully that your brain just happily goes along with all of the little tricks now, for me, uh, the animation that cinched it, because, you know, I, I think this game looks pretty much exactly the way I remember it, which is kind of cool because the the metals of the tracks are very shiny and the texture of the environment is not super realistic, but it's it's very, you know, sim game. Like, it, it looks nice. The, the animation that cinched it for me and just like, these are good visuals. When you win a scenario, everybody stops what they're doing and applauds for you. So they all turn and look toward the camera, which they should not be able to do because now they're looking like down the middle of a 90 degree rotation. And if they're carrying balloons, they drop their balloons. So all the balloons that are in the park, like fly up into the sky at once and everybody like claps for you. And it's just like, I don't care that this doesn't make any sense and that they're completely breaking the fourth wall. Like this is friggin' delightful. This is so charming. Like, it made me want to finish more scenarios just to like get the little round of applause. Feel this. This is God. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm God. Yeah. Well, that's that, that, that's the thing, right? Um, it, it, there's probably a joke in there about like, of, of course, the animation you loved the most was, you know, 500 or 1,000 people, but you know, you get it. Thousands, to- George. My parks were masterful. Thousands <laughs> of people were applauding me. 
I mean, to be fair, if I was to take that 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 shot, I would then have to to admit that I I did not beat a scenario. So oh yeah, you, you know, I you never were just jumping around. Yeah, I mean, I I one of the things that I I I do as as you know, and we probably discussed on this is that the minute that a thing stops bringing me joy, it is out of my life. You know, so um, I but again, I'm doing this to to review the game. But I can tell you that when it says you have to have 1,500 people in your park at once by October of year two, and it's August of year two, and I've got 500 people in the park, I'm not finishing that scenario. Like it's just it's it's a lost freaking cause. So I just dumped out. So a I'm new one. I'm going to say this really quickly right here, and then maybe this will be another thing we talk about in the after show. Uh, the community around Roller Coaster Tycoon is super active. And there's a mod for this game called Open Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 because it's an open source re-implementation of the game. And it's just quality of life improvements as far as the eye can see. Nice. And one of the, I, I didn't use any of them because that would have tainted my experience. Uh, but one of the things that I saw on their website is finish a scenario as soon as the conditions are met. Mm. So you can say, I'm really good at this game. I will finish the scenario in the first six months. I don't need three years and I'm not going right. to wait three years for the scenario to be over. So you can just say, okay, I'm at the condition I'm done. Right. And so like, there's a bunch of little things in there that I think are super interesting and worth um, talking about later if we get around to it. Um, but I'm a hundred percent with you. Like, multiple scenarios that i finished is because i met the conditions and then i went and made a sandwich and just had to, <laughs> had to leave the game running because there's no way to say like okay i did it yeah and and uh on top of that like because it drives megan insane because she's a completionist right you know so i've literally put down a thousand page book with 10 pages left because i was like i get it <laughs> you freaking monster <laughs> And she's like, don't you want to know how it ends? I'm like, I know how it ends. This, these things happen. She's like, but yeah, but 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 what about the last couple of days? I'm like, did, did anything earth shattering happen? She's like, no. I'm like, no, I'm not going to read it. I don't really care. Um, so, <laughs> um, so anyways, I say, uh, uh, and, and I'll do the same thing with, uh, this is slightly tangential, but I'll do the same thing with Civilization Six, where it's like when I have clearly you know, dominated the world, I'm like, all right, you know, I just, I don't want to go conquer those last five cities i'll just start a new game so th um, that that's an important reference point right because you have reported on this show and in our friendship that you love civilization six so it's not that roller coaster tycoon 2 is driving you away from finishing scenarios that is oh, that no. is a you the player thing <laughs> oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah so yeah no I'll, i will just be like yeah i did it i won and then move, move on with my life um so one of the other things that the the game does well is kind of letting you know the ebbs and flows of the park just again by the visuals, right? So there is a ton of depth here um, that is uh, arguably well um, telegraphed, but um, one of the things that was happening, and this is apparently a a, a glitch in the game, which is um, that the big space blob ride or something. Mm. Um, it will occasionally just not let people on it. Uh, <laughs> you you build it, you turn the thing on. Um, I don't know why. Uh, you you can probably enlighten me to why you would put something in test. I could never really figure it out. I was uh, like, like if you design your own coaster. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, yeah, I tested it by putting paying patrons on it, and if they die, they die. Yeah, um, if, if there's any reason to test the prefab stuff, I don't know what it is. I think it's just there for authenticity. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I was I was very uh, what's his name in in, in Rocky Four? Like if they die, 
they die. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, but uh, yeah, so so the way that I became aware of this problem, though, was because I was like, man, the blob ride is just doing banging business. Look at that queue line. Queue line's going all the way out. And Megan was like, just check how many people are on it. It's zero. <laughs> zero people are on it. Zero people have ever ridden it. And I was like, well, what, what, what is going on? And then we went through the, you know, I had to pause the game and then turn it on and off. And then it alleviated that glitch with that particular ride. And then, uh, and then just everybody filed on. But I say all of that to say that the visual cue of there is something outside of three standard deviations from the mean was very, very clear, you know? So, uh, so they do do a, a, a good job with that. Well, and that, that the clear visual of people standing in line can is contextually useful right because you see you just slam a ride down and you see this gigantic queue and your first thought is like oh wow it's doing great and megan's first thought was no not that good so something's happening there right but if you had just slammed down an amazing roller coaster and it's the first amazing roller coaster in your park and that queue line backs all the way up and you can see because the roller coasters are external rides you can literally see people riding them then you'd be like oh wow I should be charging more money for that ride, right? Because now you know that the ride is functioning, but you also know that people are obviously willing to line up in this enormous queue for whatever it is you're currently charging. And a lot of the scenarios, I I was a Disney kid, right? I didn't go to freaking carnivals where you paid for each individual ride. So all the scenarios where you can't charge people to get into the park, you have to charge per ride, feel like unnatural to me but (laughs) but i use that queue information right because it's a super clear visual i built this giant mile long queue and people are flooding it that means i should be charging more money because the market will sustain it supply and demand um so speaking of that in no way um (laughs) so the, the 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 thing with the the hud I am really sure that the, the nice thing is that I am confident that over time you can internalize what all of those things mean. Um, oh, the little buttons the, at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, out of the gate though, not a lot of them make a whole ton of sense. And on top of that, I think it, it took, it took me some time, but the amount of time you have to hover your cursor over it to get it to tell you what it is, is too long. And the reason, <laughs> The reason why I know this is because my initial and original note was hovering your mouse over it doesn't do anything. And then after I hovered over it and I think I got distracted and looked away and then looked back, it was it was then telling me, oh, this is for this thing. And I was like, uh, OK, so it will tell you eventually, but not in what we would consider to be a nominal amount of time these days. So this is a problem that I noticed with this game because I had this same problem with. Uh, when we played Masters of Orion 2, mm-hmm. which was uh, hover, what it's called a tooltip. Um, those little hover states were not common UI design pattern at this time in history. <laughs> that was just becoming a thing. The expectation was either you knew what the thing did because there's like words or a, a super clear icon or whatever, or you just clicked on it and then you learned what it did, right? And not everyone is always willing to do that. Sometimes operations are destructive and you don't want people to experiment by clicking on them. So like, that's why we've, you know, 
changed that and hover states are now like sometimes even hyper aggressive. Sometimes you'll be on a website and you'll just as you're moving your cursor across the screen, things are freaking out because hover states are bam, 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 bam. right. So uh, I say all that to say I also left my cursor over a couple buttons and I was like, where is the hub note? Wait, wait. Think about when in history this game was made. This is the exact same problem you had with Masters of Orion, and that game was even older, right? So, like, I actually did just start clicking on things because they do a good job of at least making things that are clickable, like in the the UI, look like buttons. And everything in the park you can click on people, trees, rides, right? So, like, anything in the world is clickable. But then in the HUD, they do a pretty good job of like the little outline with a drop shadow. And it's like, this is a button. If you depress it, it will behave like a button behaves. Um, so I did have to put myself into that proceed less cautiously mindset. Um, but that that is a visual thing that aged poorly. And it's unlikely they could have foreseen that because that's like a design pattern thing. But dude, I'm 100% with you. I was like, tell me, <laughs> tell me what this button does. And the yeah. game is sitting there like, click on the button, stupid. Yeah, just try it. Try stuff. And it's like, no, but what if what if this is the <laughs> destroy the park button? Um and uh and and so so yeah, so that that like I said was not wildly uh intuitive. Um the the other uh kind of and so to your point, right, is that you know, oh well, when once you start kind of start clicking and start exploring, um it it becomes more obvious, but part of the issue is, and this is one of my big notes from uh, mechanics, so I don't want to get into it now, is that because of the sheer breadth of choices that you are allowed to make, you can think you've reached a dead end when you have not. Like, you can be going down the right avenue to do a thing and then and it's like, I mean, this isn't working, so I must not even be in the right menu for it. You know? Um so, which was something that I ran into a couple of times. Now, again, it was very helpful to have, you know, Megan by my side saying, no, now you need to do thing A, try, and, and and she would, all I needed was, I know it's a thing you can do. You know, like, I know that that, that was the information. I, so I was like, there is a treasure chest somewhere in this dungeon and I haven't found a treasure chest yet. Therefore, I must continue exploring as opposed to, and, and then, oh, look, there's a secret, you know, trap door here or whatever, right? Um, as opposed to just nights nah, or dungeon, it's empty. You know, um, the uh, the other the other kind of note that I I had uh, for for visuals um, as far as the UI goes is, and this is just it's an interesting product of its time. I don't think it's either good or bad. Is that that this game's user interface is Windows? Yeah. It's not custom. It's just Windows, man. You know, you you you, you click a button, it uh it opens the window. Uh, and then you can move it around. Uh, the the thing that I think is interesting, though, is that clicking the 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 top level HUD button again does not close the window, which is something that we're used to now. Which took me a, a little bit to internalize, right? So I click the button and say, "Oh no, that's not the the window I wanted." So I then click the next button over, and then that window would stay open. And then <laughs> it wasn't long before. Megan literally said, can you, can you clean up these windows? I yeah. just, there's too yeah, much. Dude, you hire a bunch of handymen all at once. All yep. those and also they're, they're just like walking around and it's, it's definitely a, a, I could, I am not a hoarder, but I can now empathize <laughs> with that a little bit more because it's, you don't even see the problem until all of a sudden you've got 15 windows open and you're viewing the park through like this small portion of your screen. And you're like, I can't see anything. You know, what's, what's going on here? So it was just, 
like I said, so you have to hit the little X's on on each one and close them. So it's it's all very manageable. But again, like you know, the fact that it doesn't automatically close out some of those windows, which we would just expect nowadays, is uh, it was just fascinating era of the time thing. Yeah, and and this that kind of game UI through boxes over the world is that that's every sim game, right? Every sim game is your interface to the world is boxes that tell you things about the world or let you make decisions about the world. You don't go down and, you know, bend the steel of the track with your bare hands, right? It's just not that kind of thing, but that means like window management is now an important feature of the game because you have to manage all these goddamn windows. And I do, uh, I, I empathize with your situation because that is definitely a thing that because I played this a fair amount, I did re-internalize that behavior, but I think there's a pretty heavy emphasis there on the re-internalization, right? It's, I used to know that this is a thing I had to do. And so I was able to return to it, right? I was able to get back on the bike. Um, but every time I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hire my initial handymen and security guards and entertainers for the park. I would hire all of them and now just be drowning in windows and then have to go and, <laughs> and close them all. And it's like, okay, this is visually, how would this possibly be useful? Like what, what could possibly be useful about having all of this information on the screen at the same time? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you have anything else for visuals? Uh, I do have two things. Um, the HUD, as far as like the information, so you buttons along the top, right? And then informational HUD along the bottom. Um, there's a little <laughs> doom guy face, you know, how much ammo and armor you have. No, wait, that was something yep, else. Yep. Um, <laughs> But that's, it, that's why I used a chain gun to draw to decrease the number of people I had in the park. Right. <laughs> it's it's getting <laughs> a little crowded in here. Um, <laughs> the HUD has three parts. On the left, there's park information. On the right, there's world information, which is basically the date and the weather. And then the whole middle section is like uh like pop-up style notifications. So like th- this ride just broke down, you know, you just won an award, whatever, like pops up down there. Um, I realized after playing through several different scenarios, cause I got through quite a few, I think I played like six or seven entire scenarios. Um, cause I would get to the point where I won and then go do something else. Right. So I was able to keep it time box a little bit more reasonably for my schedule. Uh, but what I realized is the information in the HUD that that's the information you actually need. Because as I'm sure we will talk about more in mechanics, there's a lot of data, a lot of data, a lot of windows with a lot of data. But if you're just a kid trying to beat the scenario, here are the things that are in the HUD. What is the current date, which matters if it's a time box scenario, which a lot of them are. Uh, How much money do I have and which way is that going? How many people are in the park and which way is that going? And what is the rating of the park and which way is that going? And basically every single scenario that I looked at has those four things as the key pieces of information you need to possibly win that scenario, right? It's either all or at least some of them. And so I thought that that was very thoughtful to say, we're going to take up this because I mean, this came from 2002, right? Monitors were not the giant endless oceans of pixels that they are today. So mine were. Well, your your well, your mom worked for IBM. Um, <laughs> so you had you know this precious real estate at the bottom of the screen, and they were like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make it so that if you're just trying to have fun and beat the scenario, 
the most critical information, essentially your health and ammo is right in front of you all the time. And I, I was like, that's good because they could have shoved a lot more crap onto the screen. That's not closable where there is no little X on that window and they didn't. And I appreciate that because sometimes you just want to look at the damn park. You got all these rides and all these people and stuff. And like, you want to be able to see it. But I do also appreciate that you can't accidentally close out those critical windows and then forget to reopen them. And then something goes catastrophically wrong and you're sad. So like, yes, please use those, those few pixels in the corner to make sure I always know, am I, you know, am I going bankrupt? Are people flooding out of here because it's like a health hazard? Like what is, what is the current trajectory of my park? Yes, no, I, I, I agree with that completely. Um, and I will say that, uh, well, it's more of a mechanical note, but the, the speed at which you are making money, um, is, is the fact that you are making money is helpful that the rate at which you're making money isn't displayed as quickly or easily. And I think that that would be helpful for a novice because the first scenario that I did, I was, did so the, so the problem with any game like this is that once you fall behind, the chances of you catching up is low, right? It's the same thing in a civilization game, which is that once you, it's it's a, a positive feedback loop. Once you start to win, you are very likely to continue to win. And once you start to lose, you are very likely to continue to lose. Um, I say all that to say with the, the first scenario that I had is I was like, yeah, man, you know, everybody likes my park, got a good rating, making some money. It's going pretty good. Um, oh, I've, I've, I've got, like a third of the number of people in this park that I need. Um, <laughs> and it's, I've got, I've got like, like six months left. Okay. Um, well, I, I guess I got to build more attractions and more stuff. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and it just was not enough time to close the gap. So I think that that some information on like, Hey, you're, you're tracking, you know, where you are to your goal yeah. would have been nice to have. But that being said is at least knowing that I'm not, hemorrhaging money at the seams was uh was good good information to have yeah that that's true because you know the current state of things and their trajectory you don't have that relative right to, to any other objective that that's a good point yeah but uh, uh you said you had another visual note yeah dude this is just a weird one uh when i was a kid i remember caring so much about how the park looked like how the rides were organized and like how the park was themed like, are there mm-hmm. trees? Do I have lanterns? Right. Cause again, Disney kid, like theme parks to me are Disney world, not six flags. Right. And roller, <laughs> sure. roller coaster tycoon is six. I mean, they literally had a partnership with six flags. Um, Disney puts a lot of emphasis on how it looks, how it feels the whole immersive thing. Right. Um, I didn't care about any of that this time, every single <laughs> time I, so like you can research, you know, different rides and stuff. Um, and one of the areas of research is scenery and theming. And I would literally go in and just turn that off. Cause I was like, don't, don't spend a minute of your time or a dollar of my money on that because I don't care. I don't care. And as far as I can tell, the people don't care either. And so I just ended up all of my parks just look like these bizarre, here's a million theme park rides with these insane zigzagging cues so that we can cram as many people into them as possible (laughs) it's like the theme park a robot would go to like everything just in neat rows with zigzag cues like completely unappealing to look at i mean orderly but like not pleasant well you did was you you built the mechanists of of you know theme parks right like you you built the uh 
uh, truly lawful neutral. Because what you did was you you built a you, your goal wasn't to produce a theme park. Your goal was produ- was to produce money, <laughs> and you did that. Well, you and, know, and I closely monitored customer satisfaction and everything. Everybody was fine because because otherwise you wouldn't get the money. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I was not, I was not walking through the park and saying like, do you think there, it'd be good if I put flowers here? How about a tree over there? They didn't ask for trees. I didn't give them any. Right. Exactly. Cause that's the thing, right? Is that you got into, to the, you got into the roller coaster business to make money. You're, you're no longer <laughs> the wide eyed child. who got into the, the theme park business because they wanted to create a place where children could live out their dreams. You got into it because if you didn't create the exact themes, the exact things that they wanted, then you didn't get your quarterly bonus, you know? So like that's, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that is, I mean, honestly, like that is a little sad for me because <laughs> I, I want to be Walt Disney, but I'm busy yeah. and I'm old and tired. And I only had the time to be John six flags. <laughs> well, I think, I think you wanted to be Walt Disney in his thirties. Instead you were Walt Disney <laughs> in his seventies. Oh, uh, I, I think that would be fifties. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you have now eclipsed the amount I know about Walt Disney. <laughs> he he died young and tragically. No oh, bummer. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, audio or <laughs> no? That was super happy transitional note. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh. So okay. So for 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 the audio, one is uh, the the songs are all from what I could tell themed, right? So all the music is is. It's hard to say like, oh, man, it had a banging soundtrack because most of the music was carnival music, you know, because it it's for carnival rides well, or you it's know? themed. Car- so it's like fantasy carnival music, medieval right. carnival, carnival music, space carnival music. <laughs> yeah. So it's I wouldn't say that any of these songs are are bangers, but I will say that they did a great job in, you know, p- putting you in it, it, again, like like creating that that experience right um the thing that they did that i thought was uh the most uh, awesome and the most appropriate is that the music and sound effects that you hear come from rides which means that if you move your view away from that ride it goes away you know so basically it's it's like when you're walking near the roller coaster you can hear the roller coaster and then when you walk away from it you don't because otherwise it would be this cacophony of noise and the most important thing is you can turn it all off. Yep. You know, each, In fact, each ride, most of the rides start without music and you have to turn it on. Right. So, yes, which I think is hypercritical because if, you know, you, you get tired of hearing somebody scream wildly because of the haunted house that you built, you don't have to hear it. And it's very easy to turn it off. So it's not, you know, and, and, and because it's a la carte, it's not like, oh, well, I don't like listening to the haunted house ride. So I don't get to listen to any of it. It's like, Nope, you can turn it off item by item. So I thought all of that was very well done and very appropriate. I actually, uh, I had one park there. I had to build like that. It, it's, it's a really stupid scenario. It's like build like a 10 roller coasters, 10 different types of roller coasters, but you have infinite money and it's not time box. It's, it's one of the really weird scenarios. Um, hmm. but I just, gave them all the same music so anywhere i went in the park i was listening to this one consistent piece of music which thematically made no goddamn sense but it just created (laughs) like this nice little experience so if you as the player want to even push it that far where you're like 
I I think this is pleasant because they're all Muzak. You know, these aren't yeah. songs, they're tunes. So like <laughs> if, if there's one tune in there, because most of the rides, I think, all have the same options available, maybe with like a few exceptions. Um, so you just put same song on every single ride and then you don't end up with that like, oh God, there's a million different things playing. I'm going to kill myself. Like it's at least now it feels more like the game has background music as opposed to you're hearing the sound coming from that ride. Um, so that even, even that kind of customization is an option. Yeah, no. So I, I felt that, uh, like I said, like that was kind of the, the, all of the, I can't think of any sound effects that were done to make you aware of a thing mechanically within the game. Um, most of it was all ambiance. That that's the noise that the little scroller notification on the bottom makes. It it sounds like a old it fashioned does. like a telegram or like a, that like radio broadcast yep. thing. It's like doo-doo-doo. yeah, you're right, and that that was very helpful because whenever that hit, I would then look to the bottom to see. But that may it, be the only sound effect that's like, hey, move move your eyes to this part of the screen, right? Nothing else requires like a snap. It's it's not a bullet hell game, right? It's not your monsters aren't <laughs> descending on you. You never have to like snap your attention to the threat. So it's nice that the only thing that makes an alarm noise is an alarm. Yeah, because I'm trying to think because one, one of the games I've been playing recently that I think does a great job with uh, audio cues is um, Hades because it uh, it there's a lot of things that are kind of going on that not under the hood because they make you aware of them. But, you know, you can get a a. a boon from chaos that expires at a certain time and that has its own sound effect uh when uh certain certain uh things impact or 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 stop impacting they all have their own little sound effects so you can eventually kind of internalize when you hear a noise and you don't need to go check what's going on but this one i think it's appropriate that the only noise that it has is look at this thing because that's all it needs right it doesn't need 15 different noises for oh well this is what the sound it makes when a ride breaks down and this is the sound it makes when this other thing happens you have to then internalize all that stuff it's like this is the sound that then makes you read the thing that says what's going on right it's you know it's it's you're being paged you get a text message exactly you know the, the the ride's broken down and you're like oh well my mechanic will take care of that and you just quickly look at your mechanic and you're like yep they're they're taking care of it or oh no i need to go hire a mechanic which i will say is probably one of the most unrealistic things about this game is that <laughs> there's an infinite you know, like, infinite source of trained labor that can start immediately you know <laughs> this I, I wonder is this the first video game review ever to like grind its teeth at like oh it'd be nice if hiring people was that easy like <laughs> with with all of the fantastical nonsense video games we've played like <laughs> that's where you're like come on like it's you can far, get a, a skilled worker in the park that quickly yeah come on i mean like like what you're telling me is that all i had to do was basically jump on indeed and then click <laughs> and then find a person's resume and like click on it. And then all of a sudden they are hovering in front of the problem by the scruff of their neck dangling. And, and I can just drop them. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the, that's as an employer, that's just, the dream, right? I, I love, uh, I love the idea of like, I know, I know you said you didn't play this game as a kid, but like, you know, 17 year old George is like, I can build the roller coaster of my dreams. And mid thirties, George is like, I can hire people. <laughs> and like somehow you find those equally satisfying. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No. It, it's uh, 
it they, <laughs> because they're both equally unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> A 17-year-old building a custom roller coaster and a 36-year-old being able to hire somebody in that, that time frame. Yeah, that's about the same. <laughs> Anyways, they were talking about audio before I, before I went yeah, dark. Yeah, I, th- I think we were. Go, go for it. I'm out. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, geez. That's short even for you. Um, yep. So here is a super negative thing about the audio. And this is... I, I think this is happening for technical limitations at the time and there's just nothing that playing this on modern hardware can do because the way the game was designed that's my suspicion which is um you mentioned when a ride is off screen that you cannot hear the noise that that ride makes Mm -hmm. some rides are large like roller coasters (laughs) and they can be partially on screen and partially off screen which means if you have a thrilling roller coaster that has people screaming on it sometimes their screams go ah Ah, 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 because they're going on and off the part of the screen that you can see the track for. And so their screams, they don't fade in and fade out. They instantly are at full volume and then they're instantly silenced. So it's just, I mean, you can just scroll the screen a little bit to one side or you can zoom out a little bit because they, they do actually uh, duck the volume as you zoom in and out. So Mm -hmm. when you zoom way far out, everything sounds like it's a million miles away zoom all the way and you get the maximum volume, but the, the borders of the screen, those are impervious sound defenses through which <laughs> no, no, it's like the vacuum of space. Like no, no audio can travel over it. And so it that's, was, it was like a thousand voices all cried out <laughs> at once and were immediately silenced. Yes. And then they came back and then they got off the ride and we're very happy. Um, th- this <laughs> it was like an, a mixture of a, of, of having a death star and the <laughs> dragon balls. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the Death Star is round, so obviously. Uh, This feels like an incredibly nitpicky thing, but this is the kind of thing that a modern game would never do. A modern game would never have audio instantly start or instantly stop, right? There's always like a fade in, fade out so that you don't get jar, unless it's meant to be a jarring sound, which this is not, right? right? So um, it's just, and, and it sounds so comically unnatural right like to just have these people like enjoying the ride and then all of their sound is instantly gone it's, it, again like it's super nitpicky but because once you have a fairly sophisticated park there's a lot of this going on there's a lot of people on roller coasters in all directions and it's hard to have all of them completely on your screen all the time so the larger your park is and the, the longer you play in some of the scenarios that just go on for ages um you can really run into this more than you would think yeah i i I can imagine and and again to your point is it it's not that the game would never do that it's that somebody would say this is jarring we should do something about it right or this is jarring and that's what we wanted to 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 have happen you know uh but but definitely this would this it, it is interesting that and i'm wondering kind of what it's a function of if it's a function of the fact that nobody builds games in their basement anymore nobody self-codes and whatever the heck you were talking about before um you know it just doesn't whatever the ascii or assembly assembly yeah um nobody assembles things like that anymore <laughs> uh you know so so you've got a team of people looking at it right so you know you've got somebody who said hey i just made this new thing and then somebody fresh can sit down and experience it i know that there's a uh, extra credits where um james was called in to uh, help with a game and after like 15 minutes, he's like, I'm sorry, just how do you open the inventory? And the team said, 
triple click the player. And he was like, what? You know? And, <laughs> Why would and, I have known that? Right. And the thing was, they had just done it for so long that they were like, oh, it's, it's intuitive. So I get the feeling that after you've just been playing the game for hours and hours and hours and hours, you just, this type of thing drones out. So a team of people would be likely to catch it, but an individual or well, even in the, the modern day, you would do like a beta on Steam, yep. like Steam early access or whatever, right? So players would be like, oh, wow, the the shrieking is incredibly jarring. I would really love it if there was not quite so much shrieking that instantly started and instantly stopped. And it, it's just weird, right? Because right. one, one of the many people playing the game for free before they decide to pay you for it would be like, I don't like this and I'm going to complain about this free thing. But then the designer, Chris Sawyer, would be like, thank you. Right. <laughs> right. It's I appreciate like, that. like, oh, what an ungrateful jerk complaining about something so stupid, like I am doing right now. Um <laughs> but yeah, at this time in history, like it was way closer to the, you know, geek in a California garage style of, you know, the lone designer. So I guess I'll give him a pass. I don't <laughs> give him a pass. <laughs> Do you have anything else uh pressing for audio? Nah, I mean, dude, this is a sim game. All of the meat is in mechanics. A lot of games, the meat is in mechanics, but for sim games, holy moly. So here's here's the 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 big note that I I kind of stitches a lot of my smaller stuff together, which is um, because I I spent a lot of time kind of thinking about it, which is I I I I hit a couple of frustration points with this game, which I knew was going to happen. It it can it can always happen with any game. It can especially happen with older games, and it can super especially happen with older games that have this level of depth. But what I think that this game does is it allows you to make wrong choices, not <laughs> suboptimal choices, wrong choices. Which is Go something on. <laughs> which is um which is something that I think is is like I said, so to compare it to Civilization Six, right? Is that fair? No. Yeah, to- I mean, no it to- totally fair. Yep, yep. Uh, so is that there are a whole bunch of different ways you can play this game. You, that game, you can go for science victory, you can go for military, and you know, or you could go for all the different types of victories. And if you're going for a certain victory type, then building certain things does not make any sense, right? Like I can count on probably one hand the number of religious districts I've ever built. All of my <laughs> communities are hyper scientific and entertainment based like they they are just made of entertainment and science because that's the way i want to live my life and that's the way i want my cultures to live their (laughs) lives right um but that being said said is that like you know that's fine for the types of victories i went for but if i wanted to go for a religious victory and then all of a sudden started building all these other types of things that would be a suboptimal way to play the game would let me do it though right the game won't let me build a thing that produces science in a place where it is incapable of producing science it won't mm. let me do that. Mm-hmm. It'll let me build it. Like there's a place there where it's like, if you build it here, it'll give you plus six science. And if you hear it, it'll give you no bonus of science. So one of those is an obvious choice, right? And it'll let me do both, but it won't let me build it in a place where it won't function, right? That's not true of this game. This game will absolutely let you make choices that are wrong. So like I tried to build, a, and, and part of the issue is that there's not really, from what I could tell, an undo button you know so now you, you gotta delete it and you you get a fair amount of your money back you get like 85 or 90 percent of your money back but it's not 100 it's not 100 percent. so that means that if you just went all in on a roller coaster right then you know that ten thousand dollars right that you just spent on that and, and you're like well i don't i don't i have now 
built this in a place where I cannot reasonably build a queue line to it. I'm screwed. Um, or I built it and then I built didn't build a queue line to it. I built a normal walkway to it. Right. That is something the game will absolutely let you do. And that roller coaster will not function. You know, so again, why is that an option? Like, why does the game let me do that? You know, and, and I think that that's one of the things that that we that I saw in this older game, which is that newer games won't let you of this type won't let you make wrong decisions. They will let you make suboptimal ones, but not wrong ones. So here is where this gets a little complicated, because I think on the face of it, you're right. There are. You can do things where it's like, oh, I built this right up against the edge of my property. It is now impossible for me to build a queue line here because I don't own any of the land. Like the entrance is now pointing at the fence, right? Like, right. why did the game allow me to do that? But here's where I think it, it does get reasonably complicated, which is the game facilitates buying more land so you can actually expand the map. You can, for a huge amount of money and with very terrible controls, actually raise and lower the land and raise and lower the water. And like you can friggin terraform, like you could turn the desert into, you know, a tropical paradise if you want to. So the the things that are actually impossible choices where it's like, oh, I built this ride here and now I cannot possibly get a line to it. It's like, no, you can you just have to spend thousands of dollars to buy additional land outside of the park and now you have to dig a tunnel underground to have the queue line go underneath this other ride that's already here because you don't want to go over it you're going to go under it so it's like there are situations where you are stuck right and you you absolutely you bought all the land so you can't possibly buy more land or you can't you don't have enough money to dig a tunnel or do whatever crazy thing you would need to do to make it work and and this is where I think your problem is actually made worse, which is you may be in a situation that is not impossible, but it seems impossible because you don't know, oh, I can buy a little more land and then I can dig a tunnel under this other two rides and then I can make the tunnel, have the queue line in it and do all these complicated, crazy things. And so the game lets you do something and then looks at you and goes, I don't know, figure it out, figure it right. out. Like, it might be impossible, but it's probably not. But the solution is so awkward that it seems impossible, which is worse because then you're like, oh, I can't do it. And then Megan would lean over and be like, sure, you can. And you're like, what? How would I have yeah. known to do these crazy hoops and stuff I have to jump through? Right. So it's like it's it's the the problem compounds itself where because there's so much depth, it's unlikely you'll find yourself in an impossible situation but there's a lot of situations that aren't impossible that look impossible, which is also not the kind of feedback you want the game to give you. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and to your point, right. Is that there are a lot of times, you know, where, so, so to me, the, the, the one thing that, that I can point to you about being a wrong decision is it will let you build a path to the entrance instead of a queue line. Yes. You know? and, and there's no, there's no magic. You can't right click it and say, turn this into a queue line as far as I know. So like that, you're totally right on. Right. So, yeah. So, so like that. So, so, but then once that dam's broken, right. Well, you're like, well, they'll let me do this. Maybe they'll let me do other things, you know, yeah. like, so once, once that trust is broken, it's, it's kind of difficult to come back from. And then, uh, and on top of that is I think that, you know, I, so for instance, the terraforming, right. Like that is something that absolutely you, you may want to do. And, and I'm glad that that exists in the game. Um, 
But when you're building a roller coaster, the main thing you want is to create a functional roller coaster, right? So there, and again, like this is something where it, it it's a little nitpicky, but it's something that that didn't age well and and modern games would never do, which is that um, it doesn't facilitate that. Is is in order for you to just you're playing roller coaster tycoon two, and you want to build a roller coaster, you you. You may just be able to do it, but if you pick the wrong prefab one, right, you may have to have a mastery of several completely unrelated mechanics in order to get that roller coaster online. And and I know, because like I said, what, what pinged me about this was the first roller coaster I tried to build. So I'd done my, done my due diligence. I built the dumb, you know, Ferris wheel and I built the dumb, you know, like blob ride and all this sort of stuff so I could cobble together enough money for people coming in. I... I even compromised my morals and built a circus because <laughs> I did, you know, I mean, I didn't No, none of my parts of the circus. Nope. Yeah. Go to hell, no. Go to hell circus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I finally did it. You know, I could build a roller coaster and I, I picked one and it had a, uh, an elevated entrance to it. And I did literally spent probably about half an hour screwing around with trying to, build an elevated walkway and trying to, and, and oh my God. And then all of a sudden I just got frustrated and said, nope, and just deleted the thing. And then <laughs> I did not have enough money to build because of the money, thousands of dollars I lost on this venture. I didn't have enough money to build a roller coaster. So I went back to building things that I knew worked, you know? And so again, like to, 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 to say, you know, like all you have to do is just say all of the roller coasters are just, if they're prefab, then they're prefabbed. You know, and so like it's got already got the built in queue line and there's nothing raised, lowering, just here's where you go in. So you know? some of the some of the rides actually do that because, yeah, because they're because they're helps. real world rides or they were like created by like real engineers from Six Flags or whatever. And so they actually have the theming and they have all kinds of crap around them and buildings and trees and stuff and the queue line. I had the opposite problem because knowing how, you know, in my super robotic mechanist clockwork way, I wanted to lay out the park. I would, cause you can turn off the theming. So for the rides that have theming, you could say, no, I don't want the theming. I just want the ride. And I would forget to do that. And I would slam the ride down and I would see their dumbass version of the queue. And I would be like that. You can't fit hundreds and hundreds of people angrily in that queue. What is wrong with you? So now I have to delete the ride, and th- this is one of the worst decisions that they made in this game. If you put down a ride that is pre-themed and you delete the ride, it doesn't delete any of the theming. Ooh. So my first couple parks before I reminded myself, okay, you have to turn off theming before you build a ride, are just littered with the shells of like futuristic societies and medieval <laughs> castles and farmland because I would build these rides and then need to move them or something, and I just would not take the time to go delete all of the theming. So some of the theming is gone, but not all of it. Just my first couple of parks just looked exceptionally derelict. Even though the guests were happy, I, as the player was like, this looks like crap. <laughs> and so you kind of, you, we, we, we kind of dance around the other, the other thing that that is in service to this, right? Which is that uh, there's no gating mechanics, right? The, the tutorial exists and i eh. can get into that a little bit <laughs> eh. um but but basically there's no there's no like okay so again to compare to civilization six right is that when you start playing we'll have to play that as a new at some point um when you start playing it 
uh, you build a new town, there's like two things that you can build, you know? And then as you learn new technologies and new civics and, and kind of start to get your feet wet, you can build new things. And then by the time you get to the end map, there's like 50 different things that you can have the town working on, right? Or city at that point, right? If, you, if you're doing it right. Um, this, this game starts off, you can, you can build it all, right? So a, a part, of, part of me is like, okay, so why do I have the menu for the $50,000 roller coaster when I can't possibly build it? Right. You know, why are you giving me all of these options now? Now, and to be fair, there, there are, it's like, oh, you know, and some of the scenarios are like, hey, now you can build a hot dog stand and hey, now you can build this other thing. And it's like, yeah, but you still gave me the functionality of building foodstuffs immediately, building like all of these, these things and terraforming and building the, the, the lines and all this other stuff. So for someone who knows how to play the game, that's great, right? Because you don't have to deal with like slowly spinning up. You can suddenly bend the world to your whims <laughs> immediately, right? Uh, or, or was it Cave Johnson says like you, each of your tests is, is based off of how you have bent the world to your, to your whims or something like that. Anyways, um, I say all that to say though, for somebody like me, it is completely overwhelming, you know? Well, and I'll, I'll I'll make you feel a little better by saying uh, I played the mess out of this game. And when I first opened the first park, I went, what do I do? Like it, it, <laughs> it, it was like a diesel engine, man. Like it took a minute for that to start back up. I would open a box and, you know, some some window and be like, oh, yeah. And then I would click on something in that window and be like, oh, yeah, you can see all of this about all of these things. And all of this information is available to you. And okay so i can do this over here and i can build this ride and this is a quick easy way to start getting people into the park and then okay 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 but there was like that that took place over like probably a couple of hours right of just getting my mind back into the space and then over my entire remaining playthrough there were still things that i was like oh right there's this whole menu that just does this one thing in like a slightly more efficient way than going and doing it you know individually so even up through the last scenario I did, I was still discovering, you know, rediscovering a, a game mechanic. So to have played this game as much as I did and sat down in front of it and just felt like I was at a friggin' space shuttle, right? Where there's just all these buttons. And it's like, I just, I just want to know which one opens the glove box because <laughs> my hands are cold, but I'm afraid I will explode the world if I touch the wrong thing. With, and, and, and part of it, and this is a, probably a little bit my own hangups but i can imagine that there would be some people that would empathize is that you know you you open up a screen you you press a button and it opens up a screen with like four different tabs and each of those tabs has like 15 different numbers on it right i'm like well the game wouldn't give me access to this if this wasn't important information for me to have so i should like learn about this because the game's happening right now like this the park's open you know and so then I'd open up another tab. And there's another 15 things of numbers. I felt like somebody who was, you know, running a business and people kept handing me more and more TPS reports. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means, but I was hired to do a job. And it, it felt like Leela, the bureaucrat, you know, mm-hmm. like when, you know, where she's just, like, there's, there's no more places to put letters, you know, <laughs> when Hermes comes back. Right. Yeah. Like, and and so because of that, what I said is that the, the game has a cycle, right? Which is that you start, the, the, the theoretical cycle is you start off with a small park with a very small amount of money and you, you know, 
build build rides which bring in more money, build, build bigger rides, bring in more money, build in bigger rides, bring in more money, right? That's that's the theoretical cycle. The cycle I experienced was start to have fun, get frustrated. Start to have fun, get frustrated, right? Because I would finally start to feel like, oh yeah, you know, like all right, I got some money coming in, got got some people. Ooh, I hired this person, that's fun. Somebody vomited. I how do how do I clean that up? Like I can't I can't clean it up. It's like, oh well you have to go get you have to go get a maintenance worker to clean that up. Oh, okay. So, so then I finally, all right, now I know how to hire people. Okay, I'm going to build a roller coaster. Oh, well, no, I can't build this roller coaster here because of these arcane things that I didn't know. All right, you know? So again, like that was the cycle I was having, which was right when I would, it, it, it was the, um, yeah, but you didn't, you know, mm-hmm. in like work, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's, where you're like, hey, I got that report done for you. And you're like, well, did you consider thing A? It's like, you never told me to. And it's like, well, go back and redo it. And you're like, okay. Hey, got the report done. Well, you didn't think about thing B, did you? Why didn't, oh my God, why, why? So uh, so that ended up being the the game cycle for me. Yeah, and so here's here's a thing that happened to me. Um, did you play with the loan mechanic at all? No. Okay, you can borrow money. You can borrow a lot of money. And the penalty for that is that there is no penalty for that. <laughs> and if you're an no, adult, like interest or anything like that, there's interest, I guess. But here's the thing: it's it's there's five percent interest. I think the amount of money you can borrow from the bank is either based on the scenario or it's based on the s- success of your company. So, the smallest loan amount I ever saw was twenty thousand dollars. So you start with 10. So borrowing 20,000 more dollars is a lot of buying power. And I actually, when I first took the loan out, I was like, oh, like, is this going to come back and bite me later? And then someone in Twitch chat said something that I thought was very useful and succinct. So I actually wrote it down here. More loan equals more coaster. And And the thing is, uh, that was my lived experience of the game from that moment on. I would start a scenario, immediately take out whatever the maximum amount of money they would give me is, build a fantastical park, hire a huge staff, and then just pay back the loan if I felt like it. Because who the hell cares? None of the scenarios that I played required me to have paid back my loan. May- there are a bunch of expert scenarios I didn't get to, so maybe some of them do. This game has like 50 scenarios. But and I did like seven. Um, why? Why would you not just play that way? And that was when it occurred to me. That is how a kid would play. A kid mm-hmm. would say, "I don't care about the business, right?" And I mean, like a kid, kid, like talking like fourteen yeah. and under, right? A, a kid would say, "I just want to build a cool theme park." And so that kid sits down. Eventually, somehow through trial and error, learns how the loan mechanic works, takes out all of the money, and then just builds the park they want to build. And because you have to really aggressively script the financials to not have a at least like break even park, you gotta really try hard to not at least have a break even park because things have default prices, right? Right. So without even digging into your friggin' uh, you know profit loss summary, which that information is available to you, like on a ride by ride basis, you can pretty much just build what you want and be successful. And that was an important realization because I was like, oh, this is not a modern sim game. 
where people are like, no, no, you, I, I want the tax collector to come around and like threaten to, to break my knees if I don't get this straight with the man upstairs. Right. Like this is, I want that real, like, you know, break even breakneck pace. How do I get to the go, go eighties cocaine fueled wall street and not end up in the go, go nineties cocaine fueled post wall street, right? Like there's a dream that some people have because they're insane of digitizing and living out that experience. But that is not what this game is trying to do at all. This game is trying to have the mechanics of SimCity, right? Where every, you got to make sure there's power to everything. And you got to make sure there's plumbing to everything. You can build a bathroom in the middle of the ocean in this game and it will have power and plumbing. And if there, <laughs> and if there is a walkway to get there, people will go to it, even though it's out in the middle of the ocean, no one will ever complain that it's a far walk. No one will ever say, Oh, well the, what's the radius that this bathroom covers No, just, is there a bathroom at all? Because that is how children think. And this is not, a negative thing, but I am not a children. So I had to very much force myself back into that mindset because to bring this all the way back around to your point, the game doesn't tell you any of this. There's no, no solid tutorial. There's zero gating mechanics. So like if you know basically how the mechanics work and you're in the right mindset, this game is super easy. If you're trying to play this with the sophistication of a modern sim game, this would seem unbelievably complicated super hard <laughs> when uh there, there's a great quote actually uh, one of the things that civilization six does is whenever you um discover a new uh technology or a new civic it gives you like a quote kind of around that thing which is great because it has made me seem way more educated than i actually am <laughs> Uh, you know, because like I'll say, like oh, I believe it was Winston Churchill that said that no matter how elegant the strategy, one should occasionally check the results. And people are like, "Oh my God, this guy must have like studied the." And like, no, I just you know I played I played Civilization. But how how did you get a science degree and a liberal arts degree? <laughs> well, it's like Kerflurgan once said, "For far, for far, that's liberty do." That's Latin. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, there's a great quote and I forget who it's attributed to but as uh, when you owe the bank $100 that's your problem when you owe the bank $100 million that's the bank's problem and <laughs> I, I've heard that before <laughs> and I love that quote and uh, but this I mean it's very much of like that where it's like I'm going to take out you know a $100 million loan it's like when you uh, when are you going to pay that back when I fucking feel like it <laughs> because there is nothing you can do about it um so uh we, we, yeah we played SimCity. we played masters of orion um have we done any other civilization styly sim games no we we've still got civilization 2 that we yeah. gotta play another um, another number two game um yeah but my my point is in those games uh money matters and sometimes you struggle to make money and sometimes you think you're doing okay and then a thing goes wrong and now now the money that was super liable is now in question. Once I realized you could just borrow money at the start of every scenario and then just build the park of your dreams and customers would just get on board as long as you met like the bare minimum to keep the park successful, money would never be a problem again. I was like, oh, this is right because this is not that. This is not right. This is not managing bank paperwork simulator. This is roller coaster tycoon and roller simulator. coaster tycoon has roller coaster tycoon in the name, not bank paperwork simulator in the name. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
I just have a couple of other uh, uh, throwaway notes. One is um, the uh, the tutorial sucks. Um, it it <laughs> it just does. Uh, um, it costs money to both place and remove some objects, which I thought was interesting because uh, because <laughs> I I definitely did not hemorrhage an unconscionable amount of money, but a non-zero sum of money <laughs> screwing up that walkway situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so uh, rides should just start open. They shouldn't start closed because otherwise you end up with a bunch of closed rides and your wife has to tell you repeatedly to keep the rides open. Um, <laughs> hypothetically. And uh, yeah, I mean, just is, you know, for yeah, instance, for, for, for a friend. Um, and, and so the, the, the one final thing I wanted to mention was just a, a, an interesting story that I had, which was uh, the scenarios I, I was playing were predominantly you pay to get into the park. Right. And so um, I was like, oh man, I'm, uh, I was playing. I was like, I don't know if I have enough to really raise the price, and uh, you know, because it's based off how many people you have in the park. So I kept building, 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 and all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to. I, I need to raise some capital, right? So I doubled the amount of money to like get into the park, right? And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Because I, I was sure, and I'm still confident that the price to get in directly relates to how many people will come in, right? But I think that also too, there's a function of how many people can be in the park, right? You know, mm-hmm, so like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, so basically it's, it's, you know, whichever one of those two is the limiting factor. And I found that out the funny way because I was like, all right, I'm going to double, the, I think I tripled the price to get in or something, something I thought that was crazy. And, and people were still coming in and I raised some money, built, built some roller coasters. And then I was like, okay, but the month before I close, like before the game ends, I'm going to drop that price. like just bottom that crap out because I'm not going to buy anything else, right? So I can just throw people into the park. And it turns out that uh, I was not charging enough for people to get into my park because, <laughs> because I bottomed out the price and then they were like like 10% more people showed up. I was like, oh, so already we were at maximum capacity and uh, and I just didn't know it. And so I say all that to say a, a maximum capacity number would have been nice. You know, because I feel like that that is I totally get, you know, that that not having clandestine knowledge of like every single thing that people want and what the market's going to do if you raise the price to get into the park. Like you you wouldn't have that information. You would know how many people can reasonably be in your park at a time, you know? Yeah. And and there are, I think, at least a few of those kind of shadow mechanics where like in a normal video game, you don't really think about that. But in a simulation game, you have data in your face constantly and you are often digging for more. So when you come up against an unknown and unknowable piece of information in a simulation game, that hits awkwardly, right? Because you're just like, well, how many people can the park hold? I, I don't. I don't know. And I don't know any way to find out, right? It's not even like, well, the game doesn't show you, but if you multiply this by this and you divide by that, then you know, you know, at a zero and that's how many people can fit in the park. But to the best of my knowledge, there's nothing like that. And if there is, it's so opaque that it, it's like you would tell your friend on the playground, they're lying, that kind of thing, you know? Right. So yeah. I, I think I, I agree with you. There are pieces of data that it's like, how does this game have so much data and not and yet i am still asking for more on the flip side of that holy crap dude like everything you could want to know sometimes it feels like is there because you can see 
how much you're charging for a ride, how much it makes per hour, how often it breaks down, when it was fixed. Uh, you can see um, the popularity and satisfaction of individual rides. Uh, you can see uh, the status of individual employees. And you can, there's actually a menu in the menu where you can tell individual employees to only do certain tasks. So, like, I I had this one park where I wasn't having any of my handymen mow the grass. And then I realized you could tell them to do that. And I was like, oh my God, I was kidding when I said someone needed to mow the grass, but you can actually make them mow the grass. So since I was almost <laughs> done with that scenario, I just made all of my handymen stop what they were doing and mow the grass. And it looked completely ridiculous. Uh, you can go and see the individual and aggregate thoughts of every single person in the park. So now, this was very forward thinking because basically this it's Twitter, you know, <laughs> right? Like, like you can see the Twitter feed about your park. And I'm sure like at the time they were like, Oh, look at this. We're going to put this gamey mechanic in there because you know, like it, it, we kind of need to let the player know what the overall feel of the park is, you know? So we're just going to have this like digital layout of people sharing their opinions on, uh, you know, like on this, it, it's a game, whatever people. And, and it's like, no, did you think of Twitter like 20 years before Twitter five, but still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and and this, I mean, I my industry is product management. Like a huge part of my job is trying to get the truth out of my customers, so that I know like what's working, what's not working. Because you can't just ask people because they lie to you, right? They they lie to you <laughs> because they want you to to like them. They they want you to be happy with them, whatever. Right? Like you can't just ask people direct questions. So there's all these tactics and ways to get around stupid human psychology but this is a direct telepathic feed into the mind of every single person how much money are they carrying do they need to go to the bathroom are they hungry like you you compared it to the sims it's that for every single person in the park which can be thousands and thousands of people sorry i just was saying for, for your industry is it's it, it's like you know um it's like eager up there but 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 everything they say is cryptic nothing's helpful and some of them lie to you. Yes. You know, like that's yes. he is talking about product management. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. But uh yeah, no, so I mean like like to your point, right? There is a a million bajillion T data points, right? You know, and so again, to there, there is a, an incredible depth to this game. The question is just do you how how well does the game convey that information and how much time are you willing to spend ingesting that information to play the game which i think uh would be a great transition to whether or not it held up but i don't know if you got more stuff uh i just have two little throwaway things um that i just thought were interesting uh one is uh, awards can be issued to your park um and they can be negative which i just thought was cute like I got an award for the most. I never got a resi. I, I I ran good parks, but yeah, I, I I got one award somehow in like all the scenarios I did, and it was most confusing layout. And, <laughs> and and to be fair, that was in the park where you don't actually have to build a park; you just slap down rides, and then the scenario ends. So I didn't build a park; I just slapped down rides. And anyway, um, I just thought that was funny, like a cute little detail. Um, the one other thing is, and and you don't have an experience for this. If you happen to know for Megan, you could share. Um, I didn't spend any time building death traps. I really, yep. I had a lot of memories of building death traps because eventually, you know, in SimCity, you cause an earthquake or you make Bowser come or whatever. And, and that's fun. But I just, not only did I not do that, I didn't even care. 
Like I, I, <laughs> I thought about it once. I was like, oh, I should build a roller coaster that'll crash just to see that animation. Eh. Mm. And then I didn't I, do it. And I was like, oh, I'm it's because I'm old now. Like, that's fine. But like, I just the, the compulsion to be a trickster god just completely left me. You know, it, it's interesting because I think that you, you might get there if you spent that much time with the game, you know, as I think that we, we have a two week play cycle. So I think that if you were willing to spend months on it, then eventually you'd be like, oh, yeah, now now let me explore this this crevice that I didn't get to. But <laughs> now let I me mean, explore like, the darker part of my soul. <laughs> Yeah, like when I was in my 20s and I was playing Borderlands 2, um, there was like a way to do like a ROM hack of like a character or something like that to where you could give them like uh, legendary items or something like that. And I actually did it because I was like, oh, I want these legendary items. I don't want to spend forever farming them. And I would never do anything like that now because I don't have time for it, <laughs> you know, but but again, at the time I was like, oh, no, this this would be fun. You know, so I think that it's it's a that's less of a probably less of a function of age and more of a function of time, especially because if you got to the point with the game where you had explored all the other mechanics to the point where now you were going to explore that, you would probably just put it down and play a different game at that point, you know? Um, so did this, did this game hold up? Um, you know, I really coming into this wanted to give it a no nostalgia goggles because uh, of the open RCT2 community, because a lot of the quality of life stuff we mentioned that that mod, which is free, by the way, this game costs like $5 and this incredible mod, which fixes all sorts of quality of life stuff, all sorts of modern computer compatibility stuff, completely free. But, but could I recommend this game to someone who has never played it without giving them a bunch of, by the way, here's how you do things, or here's like the roller coaster tycoon wiki that will answer all of your questions that you are definitely going to have. Right. Because no, I like, I couldn't right? because the, the, the open RCT two uh, mod, which is super amazing. It does things like makes the rides auto default to open. It auto places workers when you hire them so that you don't have to hand place each person in the park, but you wouldn't know to turn those features on if you didn't know how the game functioned, right? So like those are all amazing quality of life improvements, but it's like the secret menu in a fast food restaurant. If you don't know you can order those things, then they might as well <laughs> not sell them, right? It's the back room in, in a blockbuster like, oh, what's behind the curtain? And it's like, well, if you knew what was back there, then you would be back there seeing what the selection was. But the fact that you're asking means you are not allowed back there. So it, it's like, I, I want to, because I had a great time playing this game. I want to give this no nostalgia goggles required, but I'm going to put two asterisks on this. It's a begrudging nostalgia monocle and do yourself the kindness of playing this with this free mod. It's called open RCT two. I will make sure it is linked in the show notes. They're a very nice community. This is free. You should give them money if you like this game, because if you played this when you were a kid, like I did, and you were really frustrated by the rough edges that we've been describing for 90 minutes, this sands a lot of them off. Not all of them, but a lot of them get sanded off. And that, I I didn't play with any of those because I was going for the authentic experience, but I'm going to probably spend some more time with this game with all that cool stuff turned on. So, <laughs> nostalgia monocle, but for the love of God, do yourself the kindness. Get Get the quality of life stuff. And yeah, and uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on, on your seat, I, I agree with you. I, I think that you kind of have to go with Nostalgia Monocle just because the premise of it is 
you know, d- does it hold up to today's standards? And there are just a lot of things that this game does that w- would not be acceptable by today's standards. Like, is the game fun? Yes. I mean, like, this is definitely, I would consider it to be like the chaotic good of video <laughs> games, right? Where it's like, it, it does a whole bunch of stuff that would be, that are considered to be like sins of the industry now, right? But, but it's fun. It's a fun game. Like, I enjoyed playing it, even though I said my cycle was between, you know, uh, frustration and having fun, right? I, I still was having fun. And and I could see myself losing hours to this game and and, and enjoying the mastery of all of the mechanics. But um, again, when comparing it to to modern 4X games and things like that, it just, it uh, it does so many things to where you're like, yeah, this is, this is what used to be normal. And now it's not anymore. You know, like it, it has... Uh, it, it, it's it's you know what it is it's um it's the forex equivalent of nes hard you know <laughs> is it just does a bunch of stuff where you're just kind of like yeah that's the way that nes games played and you, you're either on board or you aren't so if they do have a mod that, that gets gets rid of all of that then then that's great because uh i think that that if if they if they did that right then they should like monetize it as a business as some some type of a a, a tycoon of some sort? Ah, no, that's too on the nose. The curtain falls The music plays The credits roll Then it all fades To black And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side To share victories won but as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land, battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand, your memories creep in with the edge of a smile. 